Welcome back to another edition of Every Step of the Way Bible Study Discussion Group. Um, a little more information about us. We're more of a discussion forum. A group of brothers that get together every Tuesday and talk about the gospel, share the gospel, share scriptures. And we tie it in with real life situations and, and try to make it plain. And, and hopefully everybody can relate to it. And, and we try to just bounce things off each other and make it make sense to to the average man or even a seasoned, even a seasoned person in the word. So hopefully you enjoy it. It's the group discussion everyone wants more of. The type of conversation people want to be a part of. We share the gospel, scriptures, and we talk real life situations. You've heard us and followed us on Facebook Live. Now you can watch us right here on the Vision Live Network. The wait is over. It's now time for the Hour of Truth. Welcome to the Every Step of the Way Bible Discussion Podcast. The real starts now. Amen. Let us uh, go into a word of prayer. Let us pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father God, we thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus for this gathering on today, Heavenly Father. Bless this Zoom meeting on today, Heavenly Father, with these kingdom men, Father God. Bless all those that are watching in Jesus' holy name, God. Have your way, God. I pray, Lord, that we lift each other up. Your word says, Father God, that iron sharpens iron in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Order our steps, Heavenly Father, and use us, Father God. You get the glory on this tonight in Jesus' holy name, Heavenly Father. I'm praying, Heavenly Father, that we gain a lot of wisdom and knowledge, Lord, and we're better when we get off this meeting tonight than what we were when we came on, Father God. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise because you are worthy to be praised in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Anybody got anything, Jerome? You had anything highlighted from last week that you didn't get to that you want to go? Want to? Uh, I did have it. Brother Rob, how you doing? I'm doing super, man. What, what, what's going on with you, man? Why, why, hey, why, why I'm having all the issues with you, man? What you me? You got with me? You, you just put me on thirty minute hold for for just the fun of. Hey, man! I wish y'all guys could swap with me for one day. <laughs> no, you don't. One day. No, you don't. I don't know how busy my, my schedule be all over the place. And Let, don't, by, you know, we don't control. Don't, don't forget, by, we don't really control how the games go. So sometimes you're going to run into that. But see, yeah. see, you said the game. I was at the hospital all week. So you don't want to switch now. We, we uh, Sometimes we think we might want to, but uh, we don't. We can switch tomorrow. We can switch tomorrow. I want to go back to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, let's, let's jump in this thing. Uh, we starting on 129. I don't have anything highlighted on 129. Anybody got anything highlighted on 129? Uh-huh. What about 130? Yeah, you know, um, I just made a circle around when he said God is waiting until he sees movement. It's a moving target. What 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 that at? Okay, in the middle. In the middle. Yeah, right there on 130. 130. Yeah. Yeah, I put a star around that too. That was good. That was good. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times, man. Good. A lot of times we feel like we gotta be still. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if that came from peace be still or not. I'm not sure, but it always seems like we feel like we or people done told us things that was misguided. Like if you if you don't be still, you're gonna miss the voice of the Lord and stuff like that. But like Jay just mentioned, God is waiting until He sees movement from us. I think, and, and I think what's important about that, 
when he sees movement, it see it's uh, it shows your uh, ability to cooperate that you're willing. It shows your willingness. Once he sees us moving, he sees our willingness. It's kind of hard to see how willing we are if we standing still. So good job, Jay. Good job. Anything else? Yeah. Yes. Good. It shows our faith. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to step in our faith. You know, so basically, so many people are waiting on God. To, they say they're going to pray, but then they wait on God to move. And God is saying, I'm I'm, I'm already done gave you the answer. Step into it. Move. That's what he's meaning. He's saying, hey, if you trust me and believe me, walk like it's already done. Once you pray about it, walk in faith like he's already moved and start moving towards the answer. And God will He'll carry you along the way because you stepped into it with faith. That's a, that's the whole Bible base that we have to walk by faith and not by sight. So we have Amen. to we have to be moving. We have to be doing something. God can't use you if you're not doing anything. He's not going to get the glory in that. So we have to be moving. We, I mean, it, it's like Joshua and uh, well Moses, for example. Uh, the Lord told him to go, even though he stammered and stuttered that. Uh, he didn't have eloquent of speech, but the Lord still told him, "You got to go. If you don't, if you don't be moving or doing something for the Lord, there's no blessing, there's no glory in it." It's a lot of folks sitting, sitting on gifts and and things that the Lord has for them, but they'll never receive it because they're waiting for somebody to push them, and the Lord's not going to do that. He need a willing vessel. Right. Hey, how many times? Good job, Jay. Um. How many times have we heard that walk by faith and not by sight, right? Mm-hmm. This just hit me when Jerome mentioned it and Brother Robert um, piggyback on it. Most people start with the walking part, right? Amen. Most people start with that walking, walk by faith, not by sight. But how many people tell people that we have to move? You know what I'm saying? Because we've heard it so much, it becomes cliche. Yes, yes. Hey, let's not mention that no more without telling people that it's movement involved. Mm, that's that's so yeah. strong. Amen. Strong. But, but walking is moving. Walking, but 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 we 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 know so many people hear the cliche part of it. Walk by faith and not by sight. But Jerome just said it, God not going to do any. So if we just telling people that and not explaining, clarifying the movement element of the walk, you know what I mean? Because it's everything. A lot of these scriptures becomes cliche, meaning that we've heard them so much. With not a clear understanding of what that means, so that that's good. That's good stuff. And we have to well, well, we have to remember that the word is, is not going to change. So you're going to hear it over and over again, but you have to also have to take that word and take your faith and bring them pages to life. You have to bring them to life by moving. If you don't, then then they're just words on paper. And as as we shift, I got some things highlighted on one thirty one. But also part of movement too. The next section talking about leaving the past behind. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking what Jerome is talking about for his movement is also more than just a physical taking steps from a physical aspect. You know what I mean? Sometimes moving that movement is leaving things behind from a mental, from a mental space, from a from a spiritual place. Hey, sometimes moving is I'm gonna take this burden. And I'm going to set it over there. I'm going to leave it at the altar at God's feet. And then I'm going to clear my mind and be sensitive to what God is asking me to do next. Sometimes that movement could be different things. 
True. True. Yeah. On page on page one thirty one, I highlighted rule number one: men lead the past behind. God told Joshua, "Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise." In other words, Joshua, get up. Moses was dead. Moses was gone. Joshua needed to be reminded that although Moses had been a great man, a great leader, and it had been a great had been an instrumental in leading the Israelite into freedom, Moses had not gotten them into the promised land. While Moses had been real, Moses was yesterday. It was time for Joshua to get up and move on. Some of you may not have gotten to your destination by now because you are still too tied to Moses. Yet to move forward and attain your tomorrow, it is important that you say goodbye to yesterday. If God is going to take you where he wants you to go, you can't be teetered to where you have been. A crucial principle for advancing God's kingdom as a kingdom man is that you are going to move ahead. You are going to have to let go of the past. All of us have paths that involve the good, the bad, and the ugly. We can look back over our shoulder and see the good things that have happened, the bad thing that we've done, and the ugly thing that others have done to us. But that was yesterday. That was the past. You have to let it go. You can learn from yesterday. Just don't live in it. Because if you live in yesterday, you're going to kill your tomorrow, which I thought that was the whole strength of all of that, killing tomorrow. But I know personally I've done that myself. Anybody else going to speak on it? Well, uh, that involves friends, family, bad job. That, that involves so much that we need to leave in the yesterday that's not going to be our tomorrow. And, you know, we have to clear it. it some of that stuff is hard because, you know, when you see your friend, what's the first thing they tell you? I remember when you used to do this and you used to do that. And then you got jobs that doesn't benefit the kingdom. So... You got to be able to walk away from those and trust God that he'll provide you with a better job. It, it's just so much entails when we get to talking about letting our yesterday go. It, it, it's, it's needful, but it has to be mindful because a lot of us just don't do it. We're trying to carry our friends. We're trying to save the world. and That's not your job. Your job is, is to save those that the Lord bring into your area of your dominion so we have to be very careful with that i mean yeah let go yesterday i saw a young man he was talking about he 49 and fine i i don't know where that come from but <laughs> i was like man you for real you, you living in the past hey but, hey brother robert i meant to tell you this before we go further man i'm glad i'm glad you're back i'm glad you're out of the hospital and you're definitely feeling back to your old self which is a definite, definite blessing. Might not be good for Dakota, but it's definitely good for every step of the way. When I was reading this, when I was reading this, it, it made me think of collectively letting go of the past, right? Mm -hmm. But how often do we do it? We try to, I love that person a little bit more. God, uh, he'll highlight all the things that we need to let go. But a lot of times we'll try to individually do it on our own timing. Like, I love this person. This is my first cousin. This is my brother. This is my sister. This is my aunt. This is my mom. When God is saying, all of these people need to be over there before you can advance, before you can receive what I have for you next. And a lot of times we stay stuck because of the love that we have. We, and what we really, we see, sometimes we see potential, 
and that makes us hold on longer to people than God really wants us to when he's saying, hey, slice. When he says slice, he don't put asterisks on the slicing. It's what they say, sad but fair. When he, when he starts slicing, that's what it is. But a lot of times, we'll duct tape them, put some bandages on them, and bring them on with us anyway and wonder why things are still bad for us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You just got to let that stuff go, man. This, he said it all in here. Like I said, your past is your past. And you're just like what uh, Elder Price was saying. People will bring that up in your face. And for some people, that bothers them. When some people start talking about their past, I mean, my bishop in my church, he can't say it enough. He keeps saying, leave your past alone. There's nothing you can do about that now. It's done with. You know, no matter how much how many, how much dope you shoot to sell or how much dope you used to use and alcohol you used to drink, I remember when. I remember when. You act like you're too good now and all. Man, let that mess go. That You used to do that. Thank God that you were delivered now. Whatever it is that's from your past, you've got to let it go. Um, like I say, family can be the worst. Your very family, but you just said it, Todd, about, you know, not wanting to let go and not want to hurt certain people's feelings and whatnot. You just can't do the things that you used to do if you walk in this line now. If you were in this life, there's just certain things you just can't do no more. And if somebody got to get mad, they just got to get mad. It is, because you're not going that way. If we're not going in the same direction with the following Christ, then you can't go in that direction. That's just all it is to it. You know, like I said, you got to move, as we were talking about. You can't stand still. You can't. You got to move on from that. Uh, like he told Abraham to get up and move. I mean, he was comfortable where he was at. But he told him to get up and move and get out of Macedonia, go wherever it is he needs to go, and that's what he did. You got to leave the past behind, and you got to move on. I'm going to say this, and I, I think Jerome might have some, but when I was reading this, Jerome, I, I don't know if, you went, if, if it took you there, but about two and a half years ago, before we started every step of the way, we had a group, y'all heard us mention it before, called Righteous Brothers. We would meet at the library like once a month, then we got to twice a month. But before we met at the library, we started meeting at my brother's house. And we had we had some young guys that look up to us and they, and they because they look up to us, one of them was constantly telling Jerome and another friend of ours some of the things, some of the things that, you know, going back to the past and Jerome received it with such humility, like so, so he was so humble because it's true. It was all true. It was this guy remembers of who they were. And, and he was also acknowledging where they was going and where they was at. But the other guy, man, man, he, he, he almost shed his skin like a snake almost of, of the, of the past. You know what I'm saying? Like the past made him very uncomfortable. And, and it was just, it just brought me back to that. And, and I'm going I'm to elaborate on it a little bit because I love everything everybody has said, but I like to use my past to help others grow mm -hmm. and not make the same mistakes that I've done. Right. So when that the, the young man that Todd was talking about, I didn't want to shut him up. I wanted him to see, yes, you saw me at that particular time do some things that I probably shouldn't have been doing. But now mm -hmm. I wanted you to compare who I was today to who you saw back then and what mm -hmm. God did for me today, he can do for you. That's the message that I wanted the young man to get because he was still living in that time. He was still living in some of the things that I was doing, but he was trying to come out. He was at a Bible study. He wanted to change, but he thought it would be too hard for him to get there. And I'm saying to him, hey, if God can bring Jerome Board out, he can bring you out as well. Amen. Amen. Good stuff, man. That's good stuff, man. <laughs>
That was just good. That was just it just took me there, Jay. I, I wonder did you go there with it? Yeah, I did. I, I just waiting on y'all to get finished. That's the way I was going. Yeah, that but and, and that's the main thing that when they do say stuff like that, about our yesterday, they can see a difference today. It has to be a difference. So, so so they can see the power of God. And like you said, Jerome, if he can do it for me, then he can do it for you. That's so powerful. That that's a, that's a witness testimony every time. What I used to do, I don't do no more. And it's all to the grace and the power of God. So true. Before we, before we move on, I just I'm always reminded that is it's a reason why why God allowed those deeds. Anyone who remember my past, it's a reason why they was there with me. It was a reason why they was allowed to see me in that manner and at that particular time in my life. And so I would be doing the kingdom injustice if I balled up under a rock and hid from that. Yeah, because it was a reason why those particular people was allowed to be a part of that with me. We we in this thing together. We we really are all of us is in this together. We might be at different points on it, but we all in this together. So good stuff, man. Uh, anybody got anything on page one thirty two? Page one thirty two. You got that on one thirty two, Jay? Yeah. What you got, Rock? It's a. Uh... But we, we just talked about uh, if you tied to a vote call yesterday. But ne the next chapter said, seize your spiritual inheritance. Mm -hmm. The next rule for ruling your world, taken from Joshua, first chapter, two and four, is to seize your spiritual inheritance. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea, towards the setting of the sun will be your territory. Even with that, if you don't get up and go possess it, and have dominion, it's still nothing. Right, right. Even though you have an inheritance, if you don't go get it and possess it, it's still nothing. We are, and that's the thing. The Lord has given all of us uh, uh, some area to have dominion over, and we have, to, as kingdom men, we have to learn how to possess, like the like the lion. I like to use that illustration. When he roars, it, it roars up to five miles. But we ain't. We not taking dominion over two feet. We're more talking about five miles. So we 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 got to turn this thing around and 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 get back to being the man that Adam was before he sinned, and the man that Jesus Christ left us to be. Because that's the only way we're gonna have dominion and be able to receive our inheritance and do the things that God wants us to do. I mean, we can talk all day, but until we get up and do it, then it's not going to, our inheritance is just sit there. It's just like having it down at the courthouse and don't know it's there or don't go get it. Right. You still go get it and learn how to possess it and have dominion over it. And that's for your family. That's for your neighborhood, your community, for, for as far as your dominion to reach. Amen. That's back to, I, I still hear movement. When you say go possess it, got to that, that movement, man. And and I consider myself an army. 
I, I consider myself a soldier in this army at spiritual warfare. So if I'm a soldier, it's got to be some movement involved. That's the word that's sticking out for me tonight, movement, man. What you got, Jay? No, I'm good, man. Go ahead. Hey, man, you can't win no battle sitting still. You yeah. got to move. You got to possess a hill. You got to take some territory as, as Jerome know and, and Elder Price know and myself that's, that was in the Army for real or whatever, you know, doing all that training that we did. You didn't train sitting still. You know, you got to move. So in wartime, that's right. In order to possess anything, you, you got to go get it. Wonder what when David when he asked God, shall I pursue or shall I go? And God told him pursue, and he went and did what he had to do. And that's what God is saying: is pursue. You got to go. You can't sit still and claim your inheritance. You got to go get it. Yeah, yeah. I had a note in my, on page one thirty two on one thirty three, and it says training means to be prepared. Amen. And so, mm -hmm. going back to what Brother Robert was saying, all our training that we need as Christian men and women is the word of God. Yeah. I don't care what we do and how we go about doing it. We got to go at it with God. That's our training piece, mm -hmm. knowing the word, applying the word to having that faith. And when we step into it, well, I'm going to speak for myself now. What Jerome has gotten in trouble is even when I've tried to step out on faith, I always stepped out on my own intentions. But I gotta make sure that when I step out and I call myself doing the work of God, or if I'm stepping out with faith, I gotta step out with the faith of God and I gotta have God in my in my hip pocket. But if I go as a soldier and try to do it my way, then it probably gonna fail. I gotta do it the way God has set for me to do it. That's good, that's good stuff. <laughs> on, on page 133, this going in line pretty much with what you guys just said. Everything that God has destined for you, he has already given to you. It is located in the heavenly places. So now your job is to draw it down. What God says is in the invisible spiritual realm gets pulled down through faith. Faith is never simply a feeling. Faith always involves your feet. It involves movement. There's that word again. God told Joshua that he had already given the land and the people in the land, even before Joshua had stepped foot into it. Yet in living with kingdom authority meant Joshua had to actually go get it. Joshua had to do something. He had to move. <laughs> I don't know if Jerome knew that that word, man, that, that word, keep. I keep hearing Jerome read that, that what he read about God is waiting for us to move. Yeah. I keep hearing it. I keep hearing it. That was That was strong right there. Man. We got to move. Anything else highlight on 133? Nothing highlight on 133. What about 134? I ain't had nothing on 134. But 135, the, the middle paragraph says, there's a reason that Paul specifically instructed us to walk by faith in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, rather to talk by faith. This is because faith always involves our feet. God had told Joshua that he had given him the whole land, but Joshua would be able to experience only the pieces of the land that he walked on. If he wanted all of it, he needed to walk on all of it. God would let you have only what you claim. You must claim that which God has already provided. I thought, I thought that was really. Yeah, that's strong. I thought that was really strong. 
Well, a lot of times, like we're talking about movement, a lot of times we are pray for and we are asked for and, and here and God will bless us with those things, but we're not moving. And then we'll go back to him and like, hey, Lord, I've done X, Y, Z. I've done all this. I prayed. I, I've been in communication with you. Where at? And then we tune him out. <laughs> we tune him out when he said, go get it. Cause we don't want to hear that. You know what I mean? We don't want him to say, go get it. Cause when he, when he requires us to move, the moving is involved. It's generally some stress that goes with it. It's something involved in the movement that we generally don't want to do. Why else would we move? Why else wouldn't we move towards the blessing? Generally it's something in it that we don't want to confront. Amen. You got anything, Jay? Brother Rob on 135? I had all of it that you had. I'm good. You're good. We're in sync. We're in sync. What about 136? Amen. Well, I love about 136 at the beginning when it says so many people are living defeated lives when the victory has already been secured. So many men are living purposely when their destiny is rich with meaning and power. The promised land was God's legal inheritance given to Israel, but they still had to go in and possess it. They had to take responsibility to get it. Responsibility always tied to a blessing. And if you want to rule the world, you have to go get the world you have been destined to rule. Now keep in mind that you have to get God's way, which involves always involved embodying in an intimate relationship with God through the word. And that's what I was saying earlier, that we don't get anything without having that relationship and God's guidance. God's guidance means you won't go about it recklessly, doing it with your own mindset and without humility. You Everything we do in life, you got to have some form of humility, and that humility comes from God. Mm-hmm. Keep yourself out of the equation. Keep selfishness out of the equation and rely on God and it will be blessed. I, I, that's that's Jerome. That's what I believe. What you just read, Jay, that that was piggybacking what I was talking about with a lot of a lot of the times that responsibility at the end of that, the responsibility that is tied to the blessings. I think that is one of the reasons why a lot of times we don't move. Because if you look at what responsibility means and what responsibility is, well, if we have a selfish thought process and whatever this thing is we're calling to be to move on and act on, well, we don't really want the responsibility that comes with it. When we selfish, right? Whatever we do, when we move in selfishly, we don't want responsibility tied to it. You know what I mean? They are they actually kind of opposite of each other. I just want to do whatever. I don't want no responsibility for whatever. So I just think that has a lot to do with why we don't move at times. That was good. And it was two parts of that 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 really stuck out for me. Um, number one, stop whining, stop blaming, stop fearing. Mm-hmm. Those, those three things really struck home for me because anytime you're whining about something, that means you ask God for something and now you believe that the task is too hard for you to get and you complain it. And then you start to blaming other people for your failures. And then maybe you have fear that it won't happen. So your faith is weak because you don't truly believe in what you're asking for that he can give it to you. That's the fear part. Think about that. Think about that from a believers, from how that impacts the kingdom from a light, from a light perspective, right? If if this person is a, is a considered a believer, a man of God or a woman of God, and you said, stop whining, stop blaming, stop fearing it's people who always connected and associated with us right 
So, mm-hmm. so what, what are the people who attach to us? How do they see the kingdom? If I am whining, if I am blaming Dakota for what's going on with me, if yeah. I you know what I'm saying, think about how it's tarnished the kingdom even more. If what Jerome just said, stop whining and stop blaming. I don't look, the kingdom don't look too promising. If, if I'm blaming other people as a man of God, if I'm blatantly blaming other people for what's going on in my life versus being humble and staying faithful and knowing and verbally saying, I ain't where I need to be, but I know God is going to work it out versus man, that's your own fault. That's brother Robert's fault. Now, now the kingdom is taking hits because people won't run to the kingdom as quickly because they see a guy who professes to be a man of God, but blaming other people and not taking accountability for whatever. That's good stuff. You know, it's hard to draw. How can you draw anybody to Christ if you're always complaining and blaming? Mm-hmm. If I'm trying mm-hmm. to draw people, but I'm always fussing. I'm always talking about this person. Or it's never my fault. Whatever the case may be and whatnot. Things ain't going on. And I'm supposed to be a kingdom man. I'm supposed to be a man of God. But people hit that, especially on the job or family members or women. All I do is complain all the time. But yet I'm always talking about how much I go to church. Who am I going to draw like that? People say, what's the use if I'm not talking about the goodness of God and what God has done or using my past as a testimony? Right. Just like we said earlier about what if God did it for me, he can do it for you. And just like I said, it put people in your life. A lot of those guys saw the things that I used to do. Now they see where I'm at now. Once again, if God did it for me, he can do it for you. I'm no more special than you. God has no respect of persons. He loves me just as much as he loves you. No matter whether I'm in church and you still out here doing whatever it is you're doing, God still loves you. He brought me out and bring you out too, but you can't win nobody to Christ if you always complain and stuff. Like the, the very top of the page, it says, start moving your feet. You know, we were just talking about keep moving. You know, if you're a boxer, if you know anything about boxing, what you got to do, you got to stick and what? You got to stick and move. Stick and move. If you just sit still, you're going to be a target. You're going to get hit and punched and get knocked out if you don't move your head. You got to keep moving. You got to keep punching. You got to keep going. And like this, we're here. How can a kingdom man? We cannot be true kingdom men if we let, as the old saying say, grass go under our feet spiritually. Spiritually, we got to be moving. How do we move? We move by prayer. We move by faith. Um, we're moving by calling things that are not as if though they were. All of those things. We've got to continue to do those things as kingdom men. You can't sit still and expect to get what the God has for you by sitting still. And the other, and what I want to add to what Dakota said. Also, don't compare. What God had for Dakota is Dakota. What Come God on. had for Todd is Todd. Mm-hmm. What God Amen. had for Brother Robert is for Brother Robert. And when you started you when you started comparing and you started saying what he got, now that's a part of the whining and the blaming and, and, yeah. and you you just not you it's not godly. So now you're looking at what somebody what God done blessed somebody else with, and you and you just looking at it from a selfish standpoint and you're blaming something. You're just not being patient. You're just not waiting on God. You, your faith is weak. So make sure you don't complain and, and blame and compare uh, blessings. That's My right. blessing may be different than Todd's blessing. Some right. people compare financial blessing like it's the ultimate and all. Well, you might have a good marriage. You may have money. You may, you may, you know, you may have a good marriage. You may have healthy kids. You may not got the blessing of, of a financial breakthrough yet, but it still can come. It just right. haven't happened yet. But you may have all the other blessings that the other person with the financial blessing just don't have. Some years ago, some years ago, uh, Juanita Bynum did a telecast, a no more sheets. 
And she came out, she had on all, about 10 or 12 sheets tied around them. And each one of them had a name. And as she peeled them off, she said, no more sheets, no more excuses, no, no more blame game, no, no more this and no more. So we have, we, you're right, uh, brother, we, we have to get rid of that stuff. That stuff is not, does not belong in the kingdom. It, it just doesn't. That, that's the stuff folks do in the, in the world. We, we as kingdom men, we solve problems. We problem solvers. Right. We, 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 we walk by faith, and, and, and as the Apostle Paul said, faith and feet go together. Faith and feet go together. You got to be moving, as the other writer just said. You got to be doing something. You got to, if not, you're going to be a target. And, and, and as we go through this, this book, man, listen, I think about it from week to week, all, every, just about every day. Man, this book's so powerful that, that, that I don't want to rush through it. Right. I, I, I want to eat everything that's in this book because even though I've been saved for a while, I've been pastoring and everything else, it's a lot of things that I've missed that this book brings out or, or, or it emphasizes it more that I should be doing more things. So, so man, it, it's just great to be here tonight. God bless y'all. I, I get real excited. Real. <laughs> hey, as, as Jerome... As, real quick, Jay. As Jerome was reading that, that the, about the blaming and complaining, yeah, it made me. It made me wonder. Oh, can you be? Can you die daily? Can you die daily, and and wake up and start complaining? Can you? Oh. Can you be in? Can you be in communication with the Lord, and and blame? What is the conversation like? You know what I'm saying? If, if you're in that place where Jerome talked about with the stop blaming and if you're wiring and complaining and fearing, what is the what is the conversation like between you and the Lord if if you're in that place? It just made me wonder. That's all. It, it, was, it was just one more thing that I wanted to mention um, that I'm just not sure that we that we think about as Christian men and women to find our purpose from God. Man, when he said that down there, he said, this is why your priority, he said, you need to prioritize what God's purpose is for your life. And when you find that, when you know that, he will not only tell you how you are to achieve it, but he will also have already made the provisions for you to be and do what he has declared. We really need to pray and ask God, what is his true purpose for our life? I think we're missing the point when we don't know we're just going about being a Christian and we don't even know what we're supposed to be working towards. And everybody right. may be different. You know, Pastor, um, let me say Robert, Mr. Robert said he was a pastor. That may have been his purpose from God. Mine may be something totally different, but I need to know what that is. Right. In order for me to, to, to give the blessings and, and, and to be totally what God wants me to be, I have to know what God really wants from Jerome. That's and right. that's going to make me a better all-around man Anyway, once I know that, hey, don't just be out there quoting scriptures. Know what your work is. Know what you're supposed to be doing so that you can go in that and do it to the best of God, of your ability for God. Mm. That's good. You know, I'm big on that purpose, Jay. I, I, I'm not quite sure. I don't think we're going to never, I don't think we're really going to know until we get on the other side. But my purpose, I feel like, is service. 
And I think it's different elements to that for me. And it's because I prayed on it for a long time. Though show me the scripture, like Jay say, I think the scriptures are tools that we're supposed to take with us to our purpose. And whatever the arena that is that God wants us to be in with our gifts. And, and once we find our purpose, the scriptures are things that's going to enhance the kingdom once we find our purpose. So that's good stuff, Jay. I don't well, have I want to add, add one more thing to that purpose thing, Todd. Uh -huh. We got to make sure that we don't allow man to tell us what our purpose right. is. Right. Hey, that's strong there. You know, because sometimes because you are knowledgeable about the word of God, mm -hmm. you seem to be a strong Christian about the word of God. People want to label you a pastor or they want to make you go be a pastor. But that don't necessarily mean that that's what God wants for your life. Right. You may be a teacher or you may be a servant. You may be a helper. You may be whatever. Find that. But don't just because you're, 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 you're dedicated, you're motivated, and you're trying to do the work of God means that you should automatically be a pastor. That's right. I, I just don't know if that's the case. And that's just wrong speaking. I, I'm, I, I have my own ideas about my life. I feel like I'm working in it. I think, I think my my point for me is to use myself as a testimony for God. To use my life as a testimony to help mm -hmm. anybody that I can. I feel strongly when I help kids. When I help anybody, I feel like that's my that's my message is to help and to be a leader and to use my bad points of my life as a testimony to help other young men and women, whoever I may talk to, not to make the mistake that I made. And I feel strongly about it. Because when you know, I, uh, our pastor said something this morning, nobody has to tell you what God is doing in your life. When that spirit is moving in your life, you know, you know who it is and where it's coming from. And you don't have to wait on man to tell you that the move, that the spirit is moving in your body and moving in your life. You know that right. you're doing right and you know that you're doing wrong. But when you're working for God, and the spirit is live and it's right there with you. I guarantee you, everybody that think about what I'm just not saying, you will know that it's God moving in your life because it's it's not you, it's Him. It's just not you. You'll say things that was important for somebody else, and you won't even remember what you said. You know why? Because God had you speaking. That's right. Amen. Right. That's good stuff. And, and I'm gonna add this. Well, well, let, let me say this. There's steps to get to that point. That step to get to your purpose. Things that, that the Lord has to equip you with so that when you get there, you'll be able to have dominion over the whole process that he wants you to have. I mean, he's not just going to bring, now, don't get me wrong, he's God. He can do what he want to do. But he's just not going to bring you out of the, out of the field and, and put you at the, at the top of the table. And I'll give you an example. And, and this I always tell folks that they mess this young man up. Y'all know the little rapper Mace. Uh, I'm sure everybody know who he is. Yeah, anyway, I went to the church one day. He preached in North Carolina. Remember, remember when he when he first said he got saved. Mm -hmm. The worst thing they did was they put him on TBN because he was famous. They put him on TBN and and what's called the little white guy minister to the people, Mace minister to the people. But Mace don't know nothing about ministering. He just got saved. He on TV, and then the only thing he could talk about was that God said he was going to make him a millionaire a hundred times over and all that. That's all he could talk about. That's all he talked about that day. 
Yeah, because he didn't know anything about ministry. So, so we can't allow folks to just jump up and, and just do that because that makes the kingdom look bad. It's a process. It's steps we have to go through to, to, to get to that purpose so we can be fulfilled and do the work of the kingdom and God get the glory. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to... That's good stuff, bro. Yeah, I, I heard him preach. He did an excellent job preaching on... on <laughs> Tithes and offerings, but he did a good job. He he kept mentioning that God made him a millionaire before he was twenty five or so whatever. But I don't have anything else in this page one thirty seven, one thirty eight, one thirty nine. So if you guys went forty, if you guys got some, have at it. Yeah, yeah, I got some. Uh, one thirty eight is very big on staying tied to God's word. See, Joshua' predecessor was Moses was never considered a military man. Moses wasn't a military man, so. So basically, if Moses is not a military man and he don't know how to strategize, then it's going to be hard for him to go to war and lead people to battle. Mm -hmm. So what Moses did, Moses didn't even go into the promised land. He used Joshua, who had a military mindset. But God also had to pick Joshua and let Joshua know, hey, you have the military mindset, but I am the way you need to go. That's what that's what uh, 138 was talking about. That he yeah. had to tell Joshua, don't go into this battle thinking that you're going to win this war with your way. You got to win this war my way. And that's what all of us Christians got to remember. We may have had a specialized thing that we knew how to do and we are good at. But when we come to God, we have to remember we got to do it the way God tells us to do it, not our way. And I think that's what page 138 is talking about. Stand humble. Making sure that you remember that you got to be about God's work and not about yourself. Because some people, when they come into God, it's for show. That's not God's work. God ain't never been about show. He ain't never been about I and about what I can do and what me, he, whoever. He's about his glory. It's about him. So we got to make sure that we stay tied to his word, that we stay tied to his word. We don't go off into our own agenda. That's all I got. That's good stuff, Jay. <laughs> a lot of times that's the definitive way we can tell is if of God. Can it can it can it shine light? If it's shining light on me, <laughs> if it's shining light on me, very more more times than not, then God ain't gonna get the glory from me. You know what I'm saying? So like we gotta kind of take that. No, I'm not sure if it's yeah, you know, you know whether or not it's just shining a light on the kingdom or on me. If it shine light on Todd, then I probably shouldn't be doing it. Anything else, Jay? Yeah, one last thing. If you are embarrassed about your testimony and your life and what you have done, because it's all for God. Matter of fact, I believe for me, I think I went through some of the things I went through so that now I can speak about it to help somebody else. But if I was embarrassed about it, I won't tell the testimony. I won't, I won't, I won't reveal and help somebody because I'm ashamed of what I've done. So I'm going to keep it to myself and I won't talk about it. God will know what I've done, but I won't use it for the kingdom. Right. Right. That's all I got. Man. Anything else? Nobody had nothing else? I think I had a lot more on the next one. Well, before we go there, let me, let me read this real fast. This is back on 136. I'm just going to read the three sentences that I got highlighted and we'll go from there. What burns my heart as a minister of God's word is knowing that many men are going to reach heaven one day and set and see a stadium full of that which God had destined for them. If you want to rule your world, 
you have to go get the world you have been destined to rule. Each man has a territory that God has placed him in. Your territory is not the same as mine. Mine is not the same as yours. Ours is not the same as the man next door. But each of us has a territory. And whatever territory God has called you to exercise authority over, the rule according to rule according to his kingdom, principles, and purpose. He has already provided all that you need to do. Man, that's so powerful. It's already done. It, all we gotta do is just go and possess it, just like Joshua did, and and, and take rule at, at God's will. At God's will. As, as y'all were saying earlier, as long as we do it according to the Lord, then God gets the glory. Good stuff, brother Rob. Um, on Kingdom Man and his personal life, pages one forty-five. I don't have anything highlighted on one forty-five. If, if you guys got something, pull up, Todd. That's not going too fast. One forty-five. One forty-five is very important. All right. Okay, it says a Kingdom Man and his. Per I've been studying this book, y'all, so I'm gonna have a lot of comments because I'm. I take it line by line. But I, I love this first part in, in uh, chapter 12. It says, if you are a messed up man, you are <laughs> going to contribute to a messed up yes. family. Yes, yes, I want to say that one more time. Yes. If you are a messed up man, you are going to contribute to a messed up family. If you are a messed up family, you are going to contribute to a messed up church. See, and when I read that, it made so much sense to me because a lot of times, we as family members and people that's going to church, we take our home life and our own mess. We take it to God's house. We bring that drama into God's house because the same stuff, it started, he said it started from a messed up man to your messed up family. And then your messed up family take the same messed up junk to the messed up, to make the church messed up, which is God's house. So I just think it's very important for us to comment on that. First of all, as an individual, I got to get me straight. And then I got to get my family straight to make sure that I don't go to church and mess up God's house, the church, the church. Which somebody's probably saying the church is in your heart, but we're talking about the church building right now. We're talking about, you know, when you're talking about a whole lot of different families going to the house of the Lord, the church, and they bringing all their drama and their junk to the church, it has a tendency to mess up the congregation. And that's what Mr. Tony Evans is talking about. I think I thought it, it, I highlighted it, that, Jay. I, huh? I guess I didn't have. I, I thought I highlighted that. I guess I didn't have my highlighter because yeah. the way you, when you said, man, and then look at it from a big, the bigger picture from the messed up part. We got a building full of messed up people. We got. God, I love building. what else he said. It was so important, man. It went deeper. He said, well, "If you are a messed up community, it goes well, to messed a messed up, up state." And when it goes to a messed up state, it goes to a messed up country. country. Look at look at what we're dealing with in America right now. Right. Everything, man, this man had to have a very good insight to be able to, to say this stuff, to, to write this stuff, which if you think about it, it's true. It started from an individual, went from an individual to the family, and went from a family to the church, and then it went to the community, and then it went to the state, and then it went to the whole country. That's deep, y'all. Right. That's yes, deep. And if we look over our country right now and look at how it's messed up and divided, it started from individuals. 
man, that's strong for me. That that was strong reading for me. I got it marked all up and God yeah. know how I am when I read yeah. some stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm just telling that that really touched me because it says a kingdom man and his personal life. See, our personal life, if we don't capture it properly, it can mess up other people's lives. It don't just mess you up. It mess that's up your kids. It mess up your family. It mess up. He said it mess up the church. It mess up the community. It mess up the state. And then it mess up the country. Man, that's deep, y'all. Think you one it. individual so messed up that messed it goes up. and mess up the everything. Mess up everything. Think and the, the word is the word. God is God. But think about all the drone just mentioned. The, the, the church is the church, but we bring in all this in it. All these different messed up families because of the man is not really, we talked about headship a couple of chapters back. I think I even looked at how he wrote the chapter. It came to man in his personal life. He could have put personal life first, right? He, uh -huh. he could have put personal life and kingdom man. But he, I think he specifically put kingdom man first because we are kingdom men first and I, we should make our personal life fit the kingdom aspect of being a kingdom man. I think he did that on, on purpose. Man, that was good, Jay. That's good stuff, Jay. I just don't know why. I thought I highlighted, but I guess it didn't. Anything no, else? Man, it, 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 that page alone, chapter 12, the first page, it's so deep. It's so rich because we can't just be men we must teach people to be kingdom men with principles and with honor see we have to teach that because it don't come naturally to us all it didn't right. come naturally to me and when you don't have that it affects the whole world we as individuals we destroy our world our country our state our community, our families. I, I, I'm telling you, Todd, that was just such a powerful chapter starting out in Kingdom Man and his really personal was. life. And it just showed how one man get evil can spread through the whole country, the whole world. What you and think about your stuff? Go ahead, Nicole. Go ahead. Your personal stuff, man, can, like I said, messing up a family and all of that, that can have a generational effect man, with your personal issues and whatnot. And just like with all of that, what Jerome just read, the very next sentence is starting all from the world and coming all the way back to the man, When it says, therefore, the only way to have a better world made up of better countries, composed of better states, filled with better communities, influenced by better churches, inhabited by better families, is becoming a better man. It starts with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My God. yeah. From it's there, it went from the man to the world. Now it's going from the world to the man. It starts with you. My God. That's good stuff, man. What about 146? Talking about Psalm 128 with David. Psalm 128, yeah. How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways, when you shall eat of the fruit of your hands. You will be happy, and it will be well with you. Your wife should be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children like olive plants around the your table. Behold, for thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion, and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. 
Indeed, may ye see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. I was talking to the congregation today about the Bible say that a good man leave an inheritance to his children's children. You got to be blessed to leave an inheritance to your children's children. And with David, with David outlining all four of these categories that, that a man, a kingdom man should be, it says in this song, David outlined the life of a kingdom man. He begins with a personal life of a man who fears the Lord. How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walk in his ways. When you shall eat of the fruit of your hands, you will be happy and it will be well with you. Then he moves to the family, life of a kingdom man. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children like olive plants around your table. David talks also about the kingdom man in relation to the church. The Lord bless you from Zion. And ultimately, David concludes with the kingdom man and his community, including in his greater society and his legacy. And may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Indeed, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. And we know how much David loved the Lord. And he's telling you how to be a kingdom man. As Jerome and Elderman just read backwards, starting with the man to the country, from the country back to the man, it all starts with you. Just as it all started and ended with Adam, and Jesus came on the scene and paid for the price that Adam took us from dominion, and he gave us dominion back by his sacrifice on the cross. So if we're going to have our, reach our purpose and our destiny in Christ Jesus, we have to do it his way. As Jerome said earlier, we got to be humble and humility to this word of God that, that we can be the kingdom man that, they, that the Lord has called us to be. It's awesome, man. <laughs> it's awesome. It is. It is. That's good stuff, Brother Robert. What, what, what about 147? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to hit that one up, Todd. 141, 147 starts at the top of the page, and it says it starts with you. And what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to throw myself up under the bus for this page because, and I'm just going to summarize what he's saying on 147. He, he started by saying the greatest example I have ever seen of a kingdom man is his father. Yeah. His dad. So um, what I want to say about that is, so many of us, so I'm talking to all the young men from 20 up to above. That's they the only guys that I think should be trying to get married. 20, a lot of people get married at 20. But what I want to say is, if you're dating someone and you're thinking about getting married or you're thinking about having a family, let that woman be the woman that you spend the rest of your life with. Let that woman be the one that you have all your kids with. Let that woman be the one that you grow old with. And the reason I'm saying that is because that's God's way. That's the true way. And I'm telling you, I didn't do that. So I, I, I'm telling you something that I didn't do, but I'm telling you by reading the word of God, I'm learning that that's the best way. It keeps down the trouble. But also what I loved about what he said was how his father prayed for his family, for his wife, for his mother, for the children. He kept all of them in the same house and he raised them by his principles. His principle, Tony Evans' principle was, was taught to him by his father. 
and his mother, but all of them was together. So when we started spreading our kids out from different relationships to next relationship, then it's hard to hold that connection together from child to child and that bond mm -hmm. together. Now we can right. try to do it, but I just think it's a lot easier when we keep that one thing together, the family. And then we break, we raise them all under the, the authority of God. I just think that's the best way to go about doing it. It saves a lot of drama. It keeps your family about God. And you know the principles that you're teaching your kids because they all get it. Now, what I will tell you by having them from different homes is as a man, and they live with their mothers, hey, you can teach them all you want to, but they're going back home to whoever and it's split family, a split family. You can think that you can't run somebody's house. That's what, what I'm saying. Right, right. Even with your own kids, you can't tell them, you can tell them what to do, but they still going to take their lead from whoever has custody, which is their mother. And you can be father and you can do a good job. I tried to do the best I could, but I cannot direct their every step if I'm not under that roof. I don't know if everybody understands what I'm saying. That's good stuff. That's good stuff, Dad. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, he did. He did a good job. One forty-seven of 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 really highlighting the strength of his dad, who yeah. his dad was in one forty-seven. I didn't really have anything highlighted, but the whole page was just a him a reflection of the strength of his dad. If I'm correct, she his mom didn't work. His dad just held down everything. And provided for them, and so yeah, that was good stuff. Anything else? Not on one forty-seven. One forty-eight. Well, it, it is one other thing on one forty-seven, and it also bleeds over into one forty-eight. He said, "I never heard my dad blame any anyone else for the obstacles he faced." I think that's strong and positive for young men of color to understand. Hey, don't start blaming somebody else for your obstacles. You cross those obstacles, you take those challenges on, and you try to be successful on your own. But don't go to blaming somebody else for um, – don't even blame your dad if he wasn't there for you. Hey, you can make it. Do it. But don't blame anybody else when it's, you don't have Especially in that, in that era, Jay. Especially, you know what I'm saying? Yep, in yeah. that era from in the 50s and the 60s. Like, oh, yeah. for, for the people who's watching, you're watching from a place that wasn't – it wasn't the best place for 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 a young black male in the fifties, in the sixties. He didn't he didn't he didn't probably work in air conditioning. You know what I'm saying? The the work environment definitely wasn't what we go to every day. So for him to to have that mindset and thought process, man, that was just it was just kudos to Mr. Tony Evans' dad. Anything on one forty eight? Well, the other the other the thing on one forty eight talk. He said, "My dad always tried to instill in us long range view." of life. And I think mm -hmm. we also need to teach our kids a long range view of what life expectancy should be for themselves. Give them mm -hmm. goals, tell them to reach certain goals and to go after certain things. Like me, I had to try to figure it all out on my own. I'm just being honest about it. Well, it would be a whole lot easier if somebody like a father figure would just kind of set the stage for me and I have a path to go. And then it will be easier for me to follow. And that's what he said his father did for him. His father set the long range goals, the standards, the long view of life for him. And then he kind of fell into it. And that, I think that's a be a lot easier for any man to follow if the stages had already been set for you. That's all I'm saying. Is that the part when he talked about his dad always knew where they was at? His dad always knew where right. they was going. His dad always knew who they was going to be with. Who they were supposed, 
And so he taught them accountability very early, very early on. So if you say you're going with Tyrone, then you need to be with Tyrone. And so that that stuck out, that stood out to me because I think accountability is one of the greatest characters we can have. That's just my personal opinion. I just think it's so it's such a big trait to have. So his dad did a great job in instilling that. Amen. On 149, I didn't have anything to the very bottom. And it reads in scripture. A blessing refers to the favor and goodness of God that has been designed to flow to you and through you. The latter part of that definition is the most critical to remember, simply because many people limit the blessings they receive by failing to comprehend the biblical principles of a blessing. The moment a blessing stops with you, it cancels the furtherance of a blessing because a blessing is intended to go through you to others. Paul wrote in Acts 20, verse 35 remember the words of the lord jesus that he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive essentially if you allow yourself to be a conduit rather than a cul-de-sac for a blessing you become a mechanism that god blesses and uses to bless others in fact when you go to god in prayer concerning something that you need him to do with or for you make it a point to let god know how what you are asking for will also flow through you to others. Let them know that you recognize the benefit coming to you will also be beneficial to someone else. Otherwise, based on the principle of kingdom giving, you are actually limiting yourself from receiving a blessing as described in Luke chapter six, verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. For by your standard of a measure, it would be measured to you in return. That that was that was a mouthful for me right there. So, so many times, and, and I, we we hear it all the time that a blessing is not just for me. But but how often do we pray? I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I don't I don't pray for blessings for other people all the time. I'm not gonna sit here and say that. I just don't. I should, but it's not. It's not instinctive to pray that way. You you have to be intentional about praying that way. You know, Lord, whatever you have for me, I'm going to use it to bless someone else. We have to get intentional. It's just not common practice to start praying for a blessing that's going to flow to everyone. It's just not. I think you have to be a blessing for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I think your life, uh, if you have it and if you can, you ought to try. And, and, and again, I'm not just talking financially. I'm talking about if somebody need a ride, just give them a ride. If somebody mm-hmm. need food, give them food. I'm talking about being a blessing for somebody else or if they need a good word. It's more ways to be a blessing than give them somebody money. Good, good job highlighting that, Jay, because I don't know why. I think because we live in a world where money dominates everything. Man, most more times than not, what people need oftentimes is not money. They'll take it. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? They'll take it because it's something, it's the one thing that you can always do something with. But a lot of times the things that people are needing is a hug or, or sometimes it's the ear. The, the most unthought of thing in the world that I have to offer is these two things right here. But I I, I give a guy $5 or $10 or $20 sometimes before I give this one, this is what he really needs and he got to go find somebody else's ear. So mm-hmm. somebody else give me something. Amen. I often pray because you want to see uh, people blessed, and I do pray for God to bless people. I often pray like with uh, 
what Jerome just said, what Brother Jerome said about being a blessing to people. I pray that I'm a blessing to people. And like you said, it doesn't always necessarily be financial. I pray that I can be a blessing with my lifestyle or my presence or some good, sound, solid advice, some good counsel. There's certain things that people just need to hear sometimes that you can bless people that way or whatever the case may be. Just like Todd said, doing somebody a solid, um, giving a ride or whatever the case may be or whatever. But we should always pray for others and want people, want God to bless their households, their families and want them to be blessed. Um, but we should be a blessing to others. I've often said, like I said, that um, like I always use a job, for instance, I guess because I'm working and whatnot, that shouldn't nobody be glad when you're gone. I put it that way. Shouldn't nobody be glad that you're not coming to work. If they are, that means there's something seriously wrong with you. That means you aggravating people. You getting on people's nerves <laughs> and whatnot. People should miss you. That's what I'm getting to the point. If you're on vacation, somebody should miss you because they miss your wisdom. They miss you can speak. You can talk on things. You're educated. You are a blessing spiritually because you have a good presence about you and whatnot. And that's being a blessing right there. If you are missed, then you are being a blessing to people like that. Shouldn't nobody want you to be gone all the time. That means that means you're being a nuisance and, and, and whatnot. Um, your family should uh, should be glad when you come through the door that you're not a rattlesnake. You're living a life one way at church, but you're a rattlesnake at home. You know, not. You know I've often heard, I think, it was probably Elder Price, some said it years ago. If you're preaching or teaching or whatever, and you're talking about love or talking about doing people good, he said, all you got to do is look at their family's face. Look at their facial expression while you're up there talking. And that'll tell everything, whether you're a man of God, I mean, whether you're a man of your word or you're a hypocrite. Because if I'm talking about showing love to everybody and my family rolling their eyes, then obviously that's saying something and whatnot. Be a blessing, just like you said. You should be a blessing everywhere you go, in your home and outside of your home. Everywhere you go, you should be a blessing to somebody. That's Amen. good stuff. Amen. Um, Amen. I don't have anything. I got some more stuff, but we got on late. It's getting late. What 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 we gonna do? If you have anything, one more thing, Jay, you want to share? No, I'm good, bro. I got one thing that I want to leave us with before we do our takeaways and shout out. And then when we next Sunday, we can pick back up and touch on some of those things that we didn't get to touch on. And I don't want to keep people any much longer. On 158, it says, "Remember, the definition of a kingdom man is a male who visibly demonstrates the comprehension rule of God." under underneath the lordship of jesus christ in every area of his life as a kingdom man you must take god seriously it starts with you everything else family church community and even our society is predicated on how the individual governs himself under god we can't expect to have order stability and peace around us until we have it within us that was really just profound. That last piece about having stability and peace. It, it, it can't happen out there until it happens in here because we won't recognize it. We won't, we won't recognize it. And if we can't recognize it, we won't know where to go to be in it. So that, I just thought that was good. Uh, brother, brother Josh, give me some um, good night. Yes, sir. I think um, we, me and my wife, is, is funny. We were just talking about earlier the same thing on on stewardship which you were just speaking about Jerome and talking about how um you know the the Spanish culture that laughed at today but and, and the joke is always oh you know there's 20 of them that live in this house or whatever but 
back in the day, I feel like that's why we didn't have as much homelessness. Because I know when I grew up, it was my grandparents, my mother, me, my brother, sister, and two of my cousins lived in the same household. And that's just how it was. We took care of each other. If somebody didn't have it, we gave it to them. We made sure that everybody was okay. And I think that helped with the ratio of the homeless people that we had back then as compared to now. Um, so I think that stewardship, looking out for people is a big piece and something that we need to try to get back to. Um, but that's all I got. I love y'all and I will be here next Sunday. Good stuff, bro. Good uh, stuff. Hey man, looking forward to hearing from my babies tomorrow, man. I definitely miss them, man. Love you too. Good stuff. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, listen, uh, there's a brother that was murdered this week, 23 years old. Been, been saved just about all his life. He's the brother of the Cleveland Brown linebacker, Jeremiah Usawa from Virginia. My brother is close to him like a, like a stepdaddy. And they just, they called me while I was on Zoom call for a scripture for the funeral. And I just want everybody to keep the family in prayer because uh, they was he was murdered by one of his cousins. Mm. Just mm. jealousy and rage because He's a young, say, 23-year-old Christian that, you know, young folks just don't accept because they live that life. We was Facebook friends, and, you know, it, it, it bothers me a little bit to see a young brother go like that, but I know I know the Lord will take care of and pray for his family. That's, that, that's the main thing. And tonight, man, listen, I'm so happy, Todd, that you brought this book into our life. But I think about it so often, man, and just, just like I said, it, it, it heightens the, the word of God for being, and, and I like the way, I like the way Jerome said, called Dr. Tony Evans, the, the, the way his insight at that, we're talking about, what, uh, 10, 12, 13 years ago? This book older than that. I, bought, I, bought, I think I bought this book in 03, I think, okay. 03 or 04. So, so you, you you see the vision that, and I remember seeing him on TV. You see the vision that he had to have, and the Lord was blessing him to write this book. Man, it's so powerful, and and each chapter, man, it, it, I feel like I'm being rushed, so I have to go back over it after we get off, cause I I know it's like a good meal. I I, I miss so much, and man, I just thank you, brothers, for sharing the word with me. I, I just appreciate you so much, man. God bless you, brothers. Amen. Good job, brother Robert. Um, before you got on, man, I, I was telling brother Dakota that I didn't get to really acknowledge you guys for being on a year, and it's been probably a year and two weeks or so now, a year or two, three weeks. But, man, you know, I just want to tell you we appreciate you, man. You guys have really brought so much, so much – one thing about the kingdom, man, when we see guys that committed, a lot, a lot of people, some people struggle with the, the commitment aspect of the kingdom life. I think that's one of the biggest issues. And to see you guys, you guys, honestly, done been on more than most people, honestly, besides me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just want to tell you guys, thank you, and I love you guys. Brother Jerome. Man, I just want to thank y'all for the night, man. You know, we are, we are, we're still growing. We're just still mm -hmm. growing in the word. I'm learning so much. I think through this, I am figuring out who I am in Christ. I'm I'm learning. I'm beginning to understand the word in a way that 
it's breaking down to the simplest forms for me when you read it. I don't know if anybody understands what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. You, you, right you can read you. the word now, and it's like you get an instant understanding of what God is saying. It's almost like you read it, and he gives you total understanding of what you're reading because you put the work in. So my message is, sometimes people say you got to be taught this and you got to be taught that, but the word of God tells me that the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. That's right. And all you got to do is put the work in in that Bible and just read it and then ask God to reveal it to you through the Holy Spirit. I'm here to tell you that I think he will. I know he will. I don't want to say I think I think I know he will. That's all I got, man. I'm learning so much from you guys. And thank you. all That's all I got. Good job, Jay. Hey, man, love you, man. You've been on. You was on fire tonight, boy. That energy, I can feel it. I can feel the spirit moving and stirring inside of you, man. Man, he always laughs, man. Some of men drawn. I can openly and honestly say some of the greatest conversation I ever had in my life. It's been with Jerome. Be, be, and, and I think, and I think it was intentional God's plan because me and Jerome are two of the hardest kind of the way we built and designed and the way we've lived is was of a rugged nature. And I think God put us in each other life at disappointed time and a disappointed moment for the, for this, for this, because he knows me. And I know him. I don't even think we could have knocked the walls down spiritually with the word with anyone with anyone else. So so Tuesday night really stem from our almost a year of me and him. I'm talking about every single day for two, three hours of just nothing, no baseball, no, no, nothing but the word. And so, man, I'm just so grateful for it, man. I can't even. I can't even, all you guys, Brother Robin and Brother Dakota, man, community cleanup and all that, just, 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 it's mind boggling. It's mind boggling. But my takeaway from the night, I can't get past that movement, the movement, man, that movement, man. We are supposed to move. God is waiting for me to move. I think he wants me to pray and, and to be sensitive to the direction that he wants me to move also. When I keep hearing Jerome say, read that thing, God is waiting for us to move before he can bless us. God is waiting for us to move before he can bless us. Think about how, think about that in the totality. Yeah, that means that he's watching me. He's, he watch, he's always watching me, but ain't nothing gonna activate until I get up and move. Ah, boy, that's powerful. Yeah. Oh, good night tonight, man. Great night tonight. Love you guys, brother Coden. Take us home. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, let us pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you so much and give you the praise and honor and glory, Heavenly Father, on this discussion tonight. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your presence in this place, Heavenly Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to give us the insight and the heart to move and not to be still, Heavenly Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that we, just, that we get all that you have for us, God. And Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, for all the kingdom men that's normally on this Zoom meeting tonight. I'm praying for them and their families right now, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Continue to bless them. Continue to use them, Father God. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that they can get all what you have for them, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for all those that were that tuned in, Heavenly Father, that was on the outside of this meeting, looking in and tuning in. I pray that they got something out of it, God. I pray that they're just a little bit stronger right now, God. Help us, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, Lord, right now. Strengthen each and every last one of us, God. Build us up where we're torn down, God. Lord, as we leave this meeting tonight and before we meet again on Tuesday, God, I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, 
Lord, that we will do all that you called us to do, Heavenly Father. We will live holy. We will set a good example, Father God, and we will not be still, and we will move in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, bless your holy name. We love you. We praise you. We give you honor. We give you glory because you're worthy to be praised. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Man, y'all have a good night, man, and a blessed week. See you guys too. Amen. God bless you.